Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Welcome back. Today we're here with Chris Johnson. He's the Economic Development Director for Johnston County, North Carolina. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Dan. I certainly do appreciate it. It's a big honor and I look forward to talking about uh, not only Johnston County, but the Research Triangle region and a lot of great things going on in our area. Absolutely. And before we begin, that it's a little tricky that your last name is Johnson and you uh, work for the county of Johnston. Yeah, I, I jokingly tell everyone I'm, I'm too poor to own the T, uh, but it gets kind of confusing when I give out my email address because it's Chris.Johnson and then I have to stress at Johnston, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 it doesn't because a lot of people are so, and believe it or not, there's been a ton of the articles, I should say ton, that sounds uh, a little bit presumptuous, but no, there's been articles written where people, and I've actually done it, where I've either left out the T or, or put in the T inadvertently because spell check gets them buffered. So it's one of those things you've got to really check behind yourself. That's right. You need the IT department to set up a Johnston at Johnston, you know, uh, dot yeah. county dot whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you can yeah. catch some of those emails. So for our listeners who aren't uh, familiar with North Carolina, where is Johnston County? Sure thing. Well, uh, we're pretty much in the heart of, of North Carolina. We're east of Raleigh. Uh, we're located right along the I-95 corridor. Uh, we're three three hours uh, from the mountain, and we're about an hour and 45 minutes to the peak. Uh, so we're we're right there uh, between the best of all worlds. So we can go snow skiing uh, during this time of the season, and then during the summer months, it's a it's a quick quick drive to the beach. But uh, uh, you know, we're part of the Raleigh MSA. Uh, we're the third largest county uh, in the triangle market behind Wake and Durham. Uh, as, you know, statistical reports have shown, uh, census, uh, we've, we're the fastest growing county in the state. Uh, we'd love to, I'd love to be able to take full credit of that, but obviously as the triangle grows, as Raleigh grows, uh, so does, uh, Johnston County and the, the triangle reach. Uh, we're very fortunate that uh, we have direct connectivity into Raleigh with uh, not only we have I-95 that uh, runs north-south, you know, we're halfway between Miami and New York, but then we're also, uh, you know, we have I-40, uh, which uh, intersects in Johnson County, and that's a direct shot into Raleigh, the RTP, uh, RDU International, the three major universities, all the things that uh, uh, that, that I sell uh, on behalf of the county. Uh, and then we're very also very fortunate that we've got some tremendous transportation projects going on that they don't want to make us that more attractive. Uh, so it, it, it's, uh, it's interesting times, it's fun times, it's challenging times because, uh, you know, not only is, uh, do we get a lot of look industry wise, but we're getting a lot of looks from a residential standpoint as well, because of, uh, uh people wanting, uh, you know, more of the the rural feel that uh, we're able to provide them here in the county and also the close proximity to the urban 
uh, cores of, of Raleigh. Sure. I'd imagine that the cost of living and the cost of doing business there in Johnson County is probably lower than in Raleigh. It is. Yeah, it, it is. And, and, but it, it's, it's, it's moving up and, uh, a lot of the people that, uh, have moved here, it's, it, it's, it's interesting that, uh, uh, a lot of the citizens that are saying, well, you know, I came to the Northeast and I tried to get away from this and here it is. And so, uh, where as the quote unquote locals are like, well, this is what we've been waiting for. And, uh, and right. so it's, 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 it is challenging both from an infrastructure standpoint, uh, you know, schools, uh, you know, the traditional things, water, sewer, uh, road transportation, uh, all the things that come with growth. Uh, are pretty strange, but I can tell you, I'd much rather uh, have to deal with growth issue as opposed to some of our uh, my colleagues in other areas of the state that are not growing at all, uh, or either or either losing population. But that's across the entire United States. That's just not a you know a North Carolina situation. Right. That's not a local issue. Yeah, yeah. That's happening everywhere. There's winners and there's losers. So. Um... How, you know, how's the last couple of years during COVID, how has that impacted things on the ground for you? Well, I mean, fortunately for us, uh, it has been absolutely crazy. Obviously when COVID first hit, there was a big kind of punch in the gut. Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Uh, everything just kind of came to a stop and it was kind of one of those things is, are we okay? Yeah, we are. And then, and then it, about 30 to 45 days after that, uh, the phone is just absolutely, uh, has run off the, the hook nonstop. Um, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier about the transportation during that same time, a lot of transportation projects were fast track, uh, because there was not many people on the road. And so a lot of tra DOT transportation projects were able to, to do a lot sure. more because they didn't have all the traffic to deal with. So the Southern loop of, uh, of the 540 around Raleigh. Is connecting into Johnston County and, uh, and then the widening of 40 from four lanes to eight lanes. Uh, all those things have happened in the last 12 months, excuse me, 18 to 24 months rather. Uh -huh. And so they're at a schedule and then with that comes opportunity. So, uh, our biggest problem in Johnston County is that, uh, we don't have any product meaning available buildings, but that's not anything that probably any of my other colleagues from across North Carolina or across the U.S. are not saying the same thing. There's just no product out there. And whether it's the reshoring or, you know, supply chain issues or trying to figure out the new, what the new normal is going to be, the, uh, uh, I just haven't, you know, I've got multiple projects looking for existing space and, and there is none. I mean, since just this year alone, I've probably turned away at least 15 to 20 projects. Uh, that would consider Johnston County, but I don't have a building. And so what we're trying to do is, is meet the needs of, of those individuals, but, uh, but also philosophically, our county is very conservative in the sense that it does not see government needing to compete in the problem. And that doesn't mean some of the other counties that have their own, uh, business parks or their own spec buildings that not say that's anything wrong with that. It works for them. And Johnston County, uh, we just never gone into that direction, <clears throat> but how can we, uh, meet the needs, you know, cause I'm going to my county commissioner saying, guys, we're, you know, we've missed out on X amount of hundreds of jobs over the last you know, couple of months. And, uh, so what we've come up with is something that, uh, some of our other uh, counties in the area have, have 
partnering with developers to say, okay, here's what we need. And our sweet spot is about 125,000 square feet, class A space. And uh, the county will be willing to lease this space. If you build it, uh, we'll go live up for two years. And uh, and what, we're off the hook, so to speak, if you either sell a building or the building gets leased. And it's I uh, and and my my beliefs that we'll never have to put a dime into it. And the, that lease starts when the building is somewhat near complete, and you know, when they get a certificate of occupancy. So yes, it's just trying to you know to shorten that runway uh, of having you know product on the ground because I've got a lot of developers saying, Chris, you bring me a strong lease and I'll build them in the building, and 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 everybody's heard that, but um, nobody's willing to go out there, and you know nobody wants to wait. 12 to 18 months for you know, sure. a facility to get built. So how do you meet that without competing against the private sector of government going out and owning property? And so, so that's I, kind of the way that we've kind of met, met in the middle. Yeah. So have you been able to convince your, your county to, to do that? Is that something that they're going to do? Oh, yes. And that's what we, we have that in our toolbox right now. And, so what, uh, what, and so you said it was a, it's a pretty conservative county. Here in Texas, we have exactly the same problem. We need, we need buildings. I have a very conservative commissioner's court. That's the county supervisors. And how do how did you convince them to you know to go along with that? Monthly, quarterly, I come got come to them and say, guys, here's a list of you know here's a list of 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 twenty projects that we could have competed for. I'm not saying we've been gotten them every one of them, but the point is, is that when I get an RFI and it says uh, we need an existing building of 150,000 square feet, 32 foot clear ceiling, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, I'm, uh, I appreciate the inquiry and we would love to have you here in Johnston County. We've got excellent sites. You know, we've got a fast track pro business government. You know, we can get you to market quick here. Uh, green tape, not red tape philosophy. But, you know, it's like they hear that everywhere. I mean, you know, it, right, especially exactly. people in our position that, that are in the sales, so to speak, of yeah. our communities, like, yeah, all right, you're, you're just another economic <laughs> developer trying to, but I mean, I, that is all true, but you know, so, and then how do you marry, marry that up with, uh, our taxpayers and developers that are, you know, saying, well, Chris, you won't need to go on the hook for a $10 million project or facility, you know, shell building with no lease. Well, you've got to be very well healed financially to even, you know, start the check for that. And then two, if you, if you somewhat, I don't say marginal, but you know, if you have to go to a lending institution, you know, the bank's going to say, okay, we need a third down. And oh, by the way, before you even get two thirds, oh, by the way, who's, who's going to be the tenant and you don't have one. Yeah. I mean, so the banks are a little bit right. apprehensive about building that, but so using that analogy and kind of coming up with that, that thought, we said, okay, well, here's a little you know, you go to the bank, we'll sign some type of a memorandum of understand. And, you know, and, and the lease is not, we'll pay about three bucks a foot. So it's just enough to cover the debt service. So the banks are kind of are willing to accept that. The developers kind of like this. Hey, look, the, the, at least I've got a two year window that should, you know, the, the county tank or whatever. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting here hanging on to a building. At least I got two years of somewhat breathing room to be able to, uh, uh, to get this thing leased or sold. And so it is kind of, uh, it's, it's hopefully it's going to work. Uh, we're, we're working on a few projects right now. Something one of going back to the supply chain, one of the things that we're running into now, it's the lead time for steeple. 
I mean, it's like, okay, you need $400,000 down to order still for a building that won't be delivered for another four or five months. And so right. now, you know, once we get all the tools in play, we got people, then it's like, oh, wait a minute, there's a window for, for steel. So it didn't seem like, uh, we never just can catch a break, but, uh, it's, we're, we're going to get there. And matter of fact, I had a meeting this morning with a, 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 a potential investor that's willing to, to, to do this and they, they want to do it. It's just working through the legalities of it. Gotcha. That's interesting. Then, and I can imagine, like you said, everybody's got exactly the same problems now and that yeah. you have, a, you have a good tactic that, that, uh, strategy might work. So that's, well, that's good. Listen. As anybody that's listening into this, this podcast or, or this, this series knows that all good economic developer, uh, uh, ideas have come from somewhere. You tweak them a little bit, you make them your that's own. Right. And, and so it is, it is free for anybody. So, um, we weren't happy to, you know, <laughs> just remember where you came, where it came from. No, that's right. Take it and own it. Yeah. Take it and own it. But, uh, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting times and, and the, I've always heard the quickest way that poor economic developer get fired is to build a spec building because, you know, I, I'm, I come from the retail sector. Well, my wife and I own a retail store for 20, uh, for 31 years and in the retail business, you have what these call lost leaders where, uh, it's a drug job, a full workshop that my wife runs. And, you know, obviously you put the most expensive dress in the window. Well, that not necessarily means everybody's going to come in and be able to buy that that most expensive dress, but it gets them in the door to look at all the other dresses and you're able to sell the, 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 the lesser expensive dresses. It's a, it's a lost leader. Well, sometimes spec buildings are like that, where it's a lost leader of getting people to come to your community to look at it, but then drive past five or six other sites and well, you know what, that building, I like it, but really like this space over here. What, what can you tell me about that? So spec buildings are a lot like that. But when you're in a county that has, um, grown 25% over the past, uh, 10 years, you know, we're growing at three to 4% annually. We'll be up over 300,000 in the next 12 years, uh, you know, building schools, building all these things that citizens and taxpayers want, you know, that the last thing I want to tell a father or a mother as they're driving their six year old little girl to kindergarten to go to sit in a trailer because there's not enough money to build right. a school because Chris Johnson wanted a $10 million spec building. I think you know, that that's, yeah, my exactly. bike gets real, uh, it's kind of out a lot quicker. So. Exactly. So how did you get into this? You and your wife have a retail shop, um, but how did you become an economic developer? Well, believe it or not, it, it's something I fell into. Um, I, uh, uh, I kind of bounced around uh, a couple of jobs. I worked uh, for a congressman for a while in the, in the mid nineties and and, you know, my wife and I had started, uh, this, this store with, with her, her family. And so, um, I was in between, I met the Congressman, uh, lost and my job ended. Uh, I, I was on the constituent service side and not the political side. Well, it's all political, but, but not, not but sure, on the yeah. campaign side. And, um, <clears throat> and, um, I was in between, you know, that had just over and the guy that ran the main street community for the town of Smithfield um, left for position in Charlotte and I was on the board of directors and the board chairman at that time, approached, several of them approached me and said, Chris, uh, we have a committee, a town's dust coming up in less than three months. We need somebody. Can you do it? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm fortunately, I don't have a job, so I'll be more happy to. So I wore this interim hat for about four or five months, 
kind of got us through and really fell in love with, uh, with doing that. And I was able to interact with other small business owners and property owners because I was one of them. And so I, you know, I was really kind of stingy with our tax dollars and, 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 and doing stuff, but, uh, the marketing style on it was that, Hey, if it can, if it can help the movie theater down the street in our small town, if that, that, if they're successful, then it's only going to help me at the end of the, end of the block of my wife's door or vice versa. So I never uh, ran from, I don't say crazy ideas to, from a marketing standpoint, just to promote uh, your downtown and be creative. And, and obviously this was, um, uh, yeah, early, early, early and, and social media. I mean, Facebook was just coming around. I mean, you think about mm-hmm. it. And, and so I, I was kind of on the ground floor of, 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 uh, of taking full advantage of social media. And, um, and so we just did that and uh, I could be doing that in my sleep. Uh, during that time, um, the city manager for the town, uh, they were trying to revamp their, uh, existing industries for the, for the entire city and approached me and says, Chris, would you be willing to contract, uh, at, at, you know, do your job with downtown, but then on the contract, start looking after existing industries that are here because the county kind of ran the economic development office. And I said, sure, we weren't happy to. And so, you know, I just kind of started dabbling in that and then, uh, got on the board, uh, the advisory board, which now I work for or work with, uh, was on that, loved it, opened up opportunities for me to interact with other, uh, economic developers from across the region. And again, I did that for 15 years, loved every minute of it. I never, there was never a day that I didn't wake up and just hate my job, but I just kind of reached the glass ceiling, uh, so to speak. Uh, and, uh, and the county manager, uh, there was some changeover, uh, the young developer took a time, but, you know, retired, uh, they brought in a part-time person, just kind of left along to figure out what they wanted sure. to do. And the county manager approached me about taking this position. And I've never looked back and it's, that's been well over eight years, but, uh, I, I can trace, if you follow me at all on LinkedIn, I just recently posted this about, uh, my wife's store and, and the retail component, everything that I do in Johnston County, I can trace it back to small business and the main street community. And, and in my presentations, when I'm meeting with large clients, I talk about relationship and it's really at the end of the day, all about relationship. So whether you're a small business with $400,000 in annual sales or a large corporation with $400 million in annual sales, those same sleepless nights are held by the property, by the, you know, by a small business person or the CFO, the CEO of the company. And it's making sure that your customers are happy, make sure that the lights cut on the toilets flood. All the little things that, uh, that, you know, the deliverables, ship, you know, uh, supply chain, everything is, is, it's the same It's obviously the economy of scale. So it's just about relating. And, and I say, if you're not making a dollar in the day, then you don't need to be in business. And I would say that to a small business person. And I say that to the large corporation. And then the thing is, is that I treat everybody equal. And so I don't say that's why I'm successful. I don't mean that at all. I mean, it'd be very hard for me to duplicate what I do in other areas because one, this is home. I'm not originally from Johnston County. My wife is, uh, but you know, I've got 30 years of, of 
being here, I'll probably be buried and they'll sprinkle my ashes somewhere, I guess, if I don't get run out of town before them. But, you know, it's home and, and uh, you got to have, you got to have a love and a passion for it. So whether it's small business or large corporation, it's the same amount of passion from, from me. Just an excellent perspective, a good long-term local perspective. It's all about relationships. It's all about people. And it's all about where all the businesses are the same. They're all, they're all trying to make a buck and they all got to pay, worry about the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, here's our, here's our budget for next year. How much can we spend? Did we make anything? You know, I, I jokingly tell everybody when I come home at night for the last 31 years that we've been in business, the first thing that I say to my wife is not, I love you. Is how do we do today at the store? I mean, it's like one of those things that's ingrained. Well, did we, did we, how was your day at the store? Did we make up any money or did we lose anything or did something happen? You know, and so, right. uh, supply chain issues and a large corporation, I can tell you that my wife right now is on the phone calling about some customer's address that's on a slow boat from China. Uh, so. <laughs> And, you know, that's interesting that you have that, this whole perspective, because this does explain where, you know, you're the first person who's ever said to me that economic development needs uh, a spec building as a loss leader, because that's a retail term. And so are there any other um, sort of retail ideas that carry over into economic development like that? Well, I mean, from a promotion standpoint, uh, I mean, uh, it, it, it's just, I'm all over LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've kind of gravitated away from Facebook. I'm still on Facebook, but, um, it, you, you just get a lot of noise and a lot of chatter. Um, uh, and so it, it you know, I see Facebook and Twitter, uh, I'm not on Snapchat or, or any of these other social, my, my daughter is, but I, I couldn't tell you what, what those things are, but I mean, I know about them, but, um, you know, it, it's a way of getting out positive messages. Um, you know, uh, at a very high level, uh, because there's always going to be somebody that is mad about something and, you know, and they, they don't want it in their backyard, but they're belly aching about taxes and they want bigger schools and they want better this, but yet they don't want to pay for it. So you, you kind of get all that noise on, on some platforms of social media, uh, LinkedIn obviously is just peer to peer you know, professional, uh, you know, you're kind of talking to the market that right. can make the decision. Um, and so that's kind of where I've kind of gravitated more so and, and tried to engage and, and then also look for ways of, um, of, uh, of connecting the dots, um, in economic development. And, and when I give presentations to civic centers, I mean, civic groups, you know, Kiwanis, Sipa, Rotaries, the, uh -huh. you know, those types of organizations. I talk about the six cylinders of economic development. And uh, the reason that uh, I kind of coined that phrase is that I've got an old 1955 Chevrolet that's a straight six cylinder engine. And, you know, and I talk about, you know, the six cylinders are, you know, home building, uh, the retail small business, manufacturing, medical, travel and tourism, and, um, now, now I'm drawing the, now I'm drawing the blank, but anyway, there's, there's a six one out there and it'll, it'll hit me in a minute. But anyway, I'll talk about how all five, all six cylinders have to be firing to make the engine run. And then of course the education system is kind of the oil and the gas that, that drives this engine. 
And if one of the cylinders is not hitting and firing correctly, your engine's going to skip. You're not going to be able to, you know, so what I try, agriculture. See, thank you very much. I, I, knew, I, was gonna, I knew that <laughs> cylinder was out there because I, but you know, what I try to do is, is connect, figure out how I can connect my little formulation from the traditional manufacturing standpoint. I mean, that's not bread and butter. I get it. But what can I do to assist the farmers? What can I do to assist? Uh, the visitors here are because at the end of the day, they're all adding value and quality of life. And I know it's that this may sound like more chamber of commerce type, uh, type of stuff, but, um, I almost got out there. The set is coming in on, on the background. It's always sunny in Johnston County, even though we're going to get supposedly two or three inches of snow tomorrow. Um, that bothered me, but, uh, my head's blowing. Um, but anyway, the, um, trying to just try to connect those things so when farmers because i mean we we've got more working farms in johnston county than any other uh county in the state of north carolina we rank fourth in in crop sales or, or agricultural sales and so i i, I tell people you, everybody knows where ripples is everybody knows where caterpillar everybody knows where amazon being built everybody knows, i mean these large corporations right. that hire thousands of people but you drive past hundreds of working farms every day to get to those locations and you just kind of don't think about them but yet they add in johnson county they add about 340 million dollars in annual sales so that's a huge huge economic end but it's kind of like you know not thought about and so what i refer to as the cross-pollinization of of uh of industry with ag and figuring out how can my office support that and, you know you think about food processing and and some of the things like that, it's, it's all economic development. I mean, you know, right. again, now farmers are having sleepless nights, if it's raining, if it's snowing, if we can't get, you know, just like my wife is having, you know, uh, if supply chain issue, if you can't get your product to market, you're, you're having issues there. So we're all connected. So that's kind of where I, I see myself and figuring out how I can assist those six cylinders to make sure that they're all coming smoothly. Yep. Firing together. Yep. Good. Chris, this has been uh, an absolute delight. Um, if our listeners would like to reach out to you, pick your brain or, you know, make contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, the, the obviously, uh, uh, our website is grow with Joko. Um, everybody in the triangle kind of knows Johnston County is Joko. It's just one of those things that, and gr hashtag grow with Joko was one of those social media things that when I was hired, I, you know, we've got to come up with something catchy. So we came up with that. Uh, obviously you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I love, uh, I love interacting with people. Uh, I learn just as much as I, and I try to give back. Uh, and if something comes up, I mean, obviously I'm promoting Johnston County, but if I love celebrating with my colleagues, the success and, uh, I've grown to that to find and, and got good friends with people from across the United States that I, I'm, I'm just as equally proud of when they land a big deal, uh, you know, but make sure it's in Johnston County. That, that's, that's at least right. give us a look. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm asking. You know, so you saying there's a chance, you know, but, uh, obviously our, our, our website is growwithjoco.com. And then of course you can reach me by email at chris.johnston without the T at Johnstone with the T and C.com. So, uh, just make sure you get the T <laughs> in the correct order. So, 
Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today. I hope that our listeners learned as much as, as I did. You're, you're a great champion for Johnson County and you're a great uh, champion for um, economic development in general. So best well, of luck to you. Thank you very much. It's been an honor, pleasure, and uh, look forward to uh, staying in touch. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.